I had kind of rebelled because I didn't feel like I fit the mold and I still don't fit the mold, but, but I saw this opportunity that I needed to step into my power for the first time ever and actually go and seize something for myself. Welcome back to Take 10 for Men. We are 10-minute conversations with inspiring men about how they manage their mental health. My name is Sophia Hatzis. I am the host of the show. And today we have Brando Wildboy Yelovich joining the podcast. At 19, Brando became the first person to circumnavigate the New Zealand coastline by foot. All he had was a backpack and a goal. He caught his own food, he found his own drinking water, and 600 days later, he finished his journey and achieved what he set out to achieve. But before embarking on his adventure, Brando was in a pretty negative place. He was slowly moving down a path of drugs and reliance on the dole. Brando literally stepped into his own life and reclaimed his power. But getting out into nature and becoming wild boy had its own unique challenges. Brando tells us why he put the dope aside, what his 8,700-kilometer adventure taught him, and how he manages his mental health today. This is a great chat. I really hope you enjoy it. Please make sure that you like, comment, and subscribe so that more people can find out about the podcast. Most importantly, take 10 and check on the man you love today and enjoy the chat. Brando, I want to welcome you to Take 10 for Men. We are 10-minute conversations with inspiring men about how they manage their mental health. This is the first time meeting. How are you today? I am very good, thank you. And um, it is lovely to meet you this first time here on Zoom. It is a bit weird, isn't it? But I guess we are, you being halfway pretty much across the world and me being in Sydney is the best that we can do for now. Brando, I would love if you wouldn't mind rating, we ask how you are, but rating that on a scale of one to 10. So if one was sort of the lowest of lows and 10 was the highest of highs, whereabouts would you see yourself on the scale today? I'd probably vary from five to 10 um throughout every day um and then the occasional days in between i'll be a one or two uh today i would say i'm sitting at about five six six yeah i do want to talk to you a little bit about sort of when you talk about that scale changing um but there are truly so so many questions that i want to ask you and i really feel like this kind of limited time isn't going to be enough to really delve into all the depths of the things that I want to ask you. Um, and I would really encourage everybody out there to buy your book because, and to go onto your website and to check out your story in more depth because you are a truly, truly extraordinary person. Before we get into the incredible things that you've done and achieved, I'd love if we could go back a little bit. I want to go back to your childhood first and you were diagnosed with ADHD. Could you tell me when did you know or when did you sort of start to understand that your brain worked a little bit differently? Um, ADHD is very real. It's, uh, it's my brain doesn't function the neurotypical way. Uh, so, you know, the, 
imagine we've all got a metaphorical bucket inside of our heads and those buckets are filled with all the chemicals that make us feel and, and act in ways that we do. And so my bucket that holds chemicals has a big hole in the bottom of it. So as the feel good chemicals are going in, they're draining out the bottom just, just as fast. So I'm constantly seeking these new sensation filled experiences, lots of dopamine, lots of adrenaline, you know, all of those exciting uh, chemicals. I'm, I'm seeking them constantly, which is what gives me a lot of my drive. I guess I knew that I had ADHD when I got put on Ritalin. Um, I was five and a half years old. I was playing a game of soccer and it was like the difference between life, like having the lights on, the lights off. I took, I was given this drug and suddenly I understood that the game wasn't about kicking the ball out of the field and tackling people because soccer is not a tackle sport, but it was like to dribble with the ball and kick it in the goal. <laughs> I spent a lot of my life medicated and until recent years, I've learned to live without medication in my life. I want to now go to sort of your adolescent years and you speak about you were at a place in your life where you were smoking weed every day, where you didn't really have like a direction or a purpose. And I wanted to ask you what triggered you to change because you went from that to being the first person to navigate New Zealand coastline by foot. Like how... What triggered that change? The, the, there's no real simple answer. There's like there's no there's no magic key that says this is what I did in order to change my life. It was just kind of something that I, I saw an opportunity to change my life. I, I didn't like the person that I was. I didn't like the person that the the life choices that I'd made had led me to become. And so I, I saw this this kind of make or break. You know, I was either going to go further down this pathway of drugs trying to seek uh, things that got me out of my head further and further and then deeper into this world of crimes so that I could pay for the drugs uh, and then on the other hand I had this like unlimited possibilities this just absolute unknown that was incredibly terrifying to step inside because I didn't know what was going to happen in there it was outside the comfort and the safety of my regular high that I was getting from smoking dope and I I decided the the latter, you know, my parents, I was very lucky to have parents that raised me to be a, a good human. And I had kind of rebelled because I didn't feel like I fit the mold and I still don't fit the mold. But, but I saw this opportunity that I needed to step into my power for the first time ever and actually go and seize something for myself. And the, the gratification that I was able to have in my being and myself from making that move, from getting off the couch, putting the dope aside and, and actually walking, like literally walking into my own life was uh, nothing can compare to that. Yeah. And I, and I want to ask you about sort of making that first, like making that first step, right? So you, you had a backpack, you had no food or no plan as to like, how you were going to sustain yourself. How did that feel? Can you walk me through that first day? No pun intended. That very first physical step was so potent because it was it was truly me seizing or creating, not even seizing. I like created that opportunity. There, there was no door. I like built the house that I, I needed to walk into like and opened that door and I built every single aspect of it. And it was of my creation because the purpose of that entire 
adventure was to be of my own liking, at least when I'm alone. Like I, I was so lost when I began the journey and it wasn't actually until I finished the journey that I had this like, ah, uh, crap, aha moment. And, uh, you know, it was the last three days I had been rushing the whole time because, you know, the way that we're raised in this fast paced society, the goal is accomplishing things rather than experiencing things. And so I was like trying to finish my goal and, and like achieve to become the first person to walk around New Zealand. And, and it dawned on me at the end that, you know, uh, we're born at the beginning of life, then we live and then we die. Like there's no, there's no stopping that. That's just the reality. And so my, my journey was born when was born when I decided to step outside my comfort zone and, and go and do something in the unknown. And at the end of that adventure, it was going to die. So everything in between is what matters. And so I, I realized that I was out there looking for myself. And I was looking and I was trying to, I was like spending so much time inwards. Like I would just be walking along, looking at my feet day after day, hour after hour. And when I finished, I realized that I had just spent the last 600 days creating myself. You know, there's no, there's, that you can't find yourself. You can unlearn everything that you've been taught by your experiences that you've had and then step forward into this realm where you can create anything. You, you, there's a limit there's limitless possibilities in, in front of us. It's, it's just unlimited potential is, uh, is everywhere that you're not. And so to, to be in that space, I was able to realize that life's about creating yourself, not about finding yourself or discovering yourself. It's a, it's a journey of self-creation. I would love to know how that expedition, because I know you've been on several since then, you know, in Canada and various other places, but how did that expedition heal you, like your own relationship with yourself? That expedition mm -hmm. opened a can of worms that led me into a, another pathway of addiction, um, not in the sense of drugs, but in the sense of adventure. So I spent, after that first initial journey, the next nine years to where I am now, uh, just fully immersed in this character that I created called Wild Boy, who was an explorer, this big macho crazy dude that did these crazy things. And like that had become my reality, you know, this, this version of myself that was entirely self-created that was an explorer. I wasn't Brando anymore. I was an explorer. And, uh, you know, so that first journey kind of created this alter ego around who I was and how I was living my life. I kind of let it, oh, I did. I let it shape me for, for a long time and dictate the decisions I made and the way that I felt and the way that I acted. And every time I went on another adventure, I've been on five massive expeditions. Now the most recent one was crossing Australia on my push bike through the deserts. But uh, every time I, I went on these, I, I received these new downloads from being with myself and stripping back the layers and realizing, you know, that yeah, I need to stop punishing myself for the way I treated my family when I grew up. Yeah, I was the trauma of my youth. Nothing bad happened to me except for the things that I did to others. And it wasn't until I was in Australia that I realized that the only way I can move forward is to just move forward. The, the past does not exist. It did. It did exist and the future does not exist, uh, but the present does. Only the present exists. And unless you're present in it, even the present does not exist. Because if you're in the future with your mind, then you're not, you're not enjoying the moment for what it is. You know, there, there's just always been that same 
pattern for me. I start, I go up, I, I finish, I go down into the deepest, darkest pit. And then I reach a point where I'm like, oh, yep, I'm at rock bottom again. So I better start climbing. And when I finished Australia, I decided that was enough. Like no more big adventures uh, until I sort out myself. And when I'm out there in the wild, I am 100% to my own liking. Like I, I'm there, I've forgiven myself for all the, all the shit that I've done. And I don't, I don't live in the future because I have to be in the present because if I'm not in the present, a snake's going to bite me or I'm going to go off the side of a waterfall. I'm going to fall off a cliff. You know, that's just like, not even joking. That's what happens if you, if you aren't present out there doing the things that I've done. And, and so that, that whole life of up and down the roller coaster was just, it had just become too much for me. Uh, so I spent the last two years thanks to COVID as well. It stopped me from uh, mm. running away from myself. I, I've been seeing a clinical psychologist, learning about my brain and the way that it works. Uh, I've, you know, started developing different mindfulness practices. I've been stepping into my power and doing the things that really light my fire uh, without having to run away on these big adventures, like talking in schools and uh, going uh, to things like yoga and really just developing uh, my own unique uh, identity that is not from things that are all over the show, if you understand what I mean. Can you give us an insight into how you manage your mental health day to day? Yeah, that's actually a, it's actually really simple. Um, we, we, we spend so much time complicating things. The, I, I teach this in schools with kids and to just humans, really. It's the fundamentals uh, in order of importance. Learn how to breathe, uh, whether that be through breath work or just knowing when to take a step back and take some deep breaths. Uh, know how to adequately hydrate. If I was out there in the desert and I didn't drink enough water, I was I, I would make dumb decisions. And it's the same in in the real world uh, where we all live. If you don't keep yourself hydrated, your brain is not going to be able to function at its best, and so you're going to struggle with whatever mental problems you you believe you have uh, or you do have. And number three is nutrition. Make sure you're eating the right foods that suit your own body so that, you, you know, once again, your, your brain's going to function appropriately. Your body's going to work well. Uh, number four is nature. Have a relationship with it. Create a relationship with it. Spend time in it. It's like we're, we're the only domesticated species. <laughs> we're the most domesticated species. And we're the only one that removes ourselves from nature for some ungodly reason <laughs> it is it is the greatest medicine and number five is positive human connection and play five fundamentals to life and if you sort your fundamentals out then life is very very simple uh it's it's you know in, in my own case at least in my own perspective when i've had these problems in my life where I've slipped off the rails and I find myself depressed, unable to get out of bed, just stuck on the couch, stuck in a Netflix hole. Uh, I, you know, I take a step back and I look at those things, those five things. And 90% of the time, I haven't drunk enough water or I haven't eaten today or I haven't had enough sleep. You know, all of these things. Uh, if you look after your body and you look after your mind, then it will look after you in turn. 
the final question that I do have for you, Brando, is um, around gratitude. And it's the way that I finish all conversations that I have is around what you're grateful for. So could you share with us what you're most grateful for today? I'm most grateful for life, for the the opportunity to live in this human experience and to to be able to feel, to be able to be sad, to be able to be happy, to to explore life in this form. I am grateful for that. Beautiful. There's not a better way that we can finish that conversation. Brando, I can't thank you enough for joining us. I've, I've learned so much from you and I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode. I think lots of people are going to get a lot out of it and really, as I said, look forward to sharing this episode and have a wonderful day. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much.